Scottish or something like that playing an Egyptian Spaniard. And you were <laughs> Christopher Lamp, who's French, playing a <laughs> freaking Scotsman. But yeah, it, it, it didn't even detract from the movie. It was just really fun. I liked it. And Clancy Brown is the villain. That was awesome. Clancy Brown rules. Yeah, he does. This is the youngest <laughs> I can remember seeing him in something. I was like, oh, I forgot he was in this. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> I'm ready. Uh, yes, please. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast. The podcast open to everyone, except that motherfucker who cut off Kaze Nina Ray. Fire mm. that man. Fire him now. Mm. In fact, fire him after you uh, lock him in a room with Suzuki for for an hour. Mm. <laughs> so yes, uh, this is a sweary podcast. Be aware of that. So we will be swearing. This is uh, I think Never Realm Five. My name is Luke. We will talk about well anything we want. It's Never Realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. I may not be very reasy this morning, but I am ready. That's for sure. But I heard that you're reasy. Is that correct? Very reasy, man. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's pretty cool. Hey, you, I want. I, I think I feel cool. like you no sold a couple of my Facebook messages, and I just want to just illustrate it right now. Like, told you, you the other day, like my my wife and I just went supermarket shopping the other day, and yeah. oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, seriously, dude, we weren't allowed to shop in pet in like as a couple or like go to the shops together for like two months or something because of lockdown restrictions. So uh, it was just super awesome. Don't you have like a deliveries type situation or like something where like what we have around here and I don't use this cause it fucking sucks, but you can like order online and then pick it up later that day and they like bring it out to you. Yeah. We call it click and collect in Australia, but also, yeah, we can go to the, like the supermarket and go, we want this online, 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 but, I charge extra for delivery and shit, and also ah! fuck them. Fuck them. Right in the yeah. face. Yeah, that's why, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so what, uh, so you watched Highlander, huh? I did. Um, Charity and I watched Highlander today. I don't think I've seen it since I was, uh, since before I was teenagers. Like, it's been ages since I've seen it. I remember the second one more because for for some reason my dad loved that movie and pirated a, a VHS copy of it. You know, he rented it out and then like double stacked the VHS things and connect. You know, pirating. Yeah, but you know what I mean. And he yes. watched that at ad nauseum. So that's the one I kind of remember more, even though I'm watching Highlander and I'm like, how do you make a sequel to this? This like has a beginning, middle, and ending. Like, how do you sequelize this? Yeah. Well, they basically just ruin the ending every time they make a new sequel. They're like, oh, the, the game's not over. Oh, oh, oh. There's like a, the, 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 another guy is around, and he he sure is a Highlander too, so that restarts the game because of reasons. Yeah. You know? And so like yeah. every, um, every uh, sequel except for number two is an exact retread of the first movie pretty much, and it's just like a new – bad guy that's you know there and and all of the sequels pretty much forget that number two happened because in number two they say oh well, these guys are aliens you see and they're it's like what so but i love that fucking movie like i love it number i two? also 
Uh, no, the first one. Yeah, the um, first I one. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, I also have watched every episode of the series. And more than once, I fucking love the series, too. Oh, it's worth um, watching? It's, I mean, I don't know if it's good, but I love it. So uh, I understand that. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> you it's, might it's... like it. You might like it. It's pretty cool, man. I it, There's also, there's a really good uh, podcast that got me back into it called Highlander Rewatched. And I was watching watching the episodes and listening to their reviews and they're pretty good. And, um, I, I still love that show. I, the first episode is scandalous for like American television. And as a kid, we taped that shit. We were like, Tessa, what's up? <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. speaking of podcasts and liking to rewatch stuff, Sometimes I get nostalgic for WCW, but I'm just like, there's way too much Nitro, man. I'm not rewatching that. Uh, and, <laughs> but uh, because of, of you and this whole little podcasty thing, I've been listening from the start. Of, I'm up to episode six or seven now of like 20 years of Nitro. That's some fucking good shit, man. It's that show starts off good and becomes great. Like they oh, like sweet. by like. It gets better and better. At this point, like now, they have like produced uh, segment music, and there's like a gimmick, like kind of a joke for each segment that's pretty funny. And so, like, it's you know, in a lot of ways, like how the road home started is like this kind of serious review podcast. And by like a year in, we're just fucking making jokes, and that's all we care about. It's kind of like that a little bit, but they still keep the serious tone as far as like they do play by play on the matches and they do a great job and you can picture the match in your mind. You know, it's pretty good. Jushin Liger on the first episode of Nitro, everyone, by the yeah. way, which is uh-huh. a new Japan connection there, which is super cool. I, I'm pretty sure he wrestled Brian Pillman, which is yes, uh, also really fucking cool. So yeah, uh, I don't have time to kind of like watch hour or two hour nitros for like there's like 288 episodes or some crazy shit like that that's like i'm not re-watching all that well and eventually it's three hours long so <laughs> it's like it's an hour for like a year and then it's like two hours and then eventually it's three hours thanks a lot eric bischoff yeah but uh <laughs> for putting the uh, three hour tv show idea in people's heads no no don't do that Unreal. but Speaking of, now there's something I've only ever done once in Australia, in Australia as a wrestling fan, and I've only been to one televised New Japan, uh, sorry, wrestling show in my life. It's from New Japan. It was like the the second time I went to New Japan show in Australia. I don't know. It wasn't live on the on World, but it was live on Fight. You know that weird kind of deal, right? So mm-hmm. I don't like. I'm a 39-year-old wrestling fan who's never been to a live Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view, or a Dynamite, or a Rampage, etc., etc. So, I have I've been to like lots of live wrestling events and all that kind of stuff, but nothing like what, you, what uh, I've been dying to hear you tell me about, because I haven't I haven't had you t- tell me about your experience with Dynamite too much because <laughs> I want to hear it now, man. If I have yeah. twice, my ADHD brain is like, fuck, I've heard this story before. Fuck this. <laughs> Good to know. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I went to Dynamite, I went to Dynamite this week. 
and uh, it was in Cincinnati, and so I wanted to go. And uh, I am also very interested to hear how some of this stuff played on TV mm-hmm. because Harris. Okay, so I have a lot of awesome and very good things to say about this show, but let me get like kind of the weird bad part out of the way and that is the atmosphere is just wwe i mean it's just w you know like and i know people will be like no it's different i swear to god no it's exactly the same i've been to every i've been to like tons of wwe live events tapings yeah. uh, house shows whatever and here are the things that i think are like wwe that i that you know that i notice is you know they put all the crowd on one side of the building if possible you know to make it look big and all you know and and packed now this this show was fucking packed all right so don't get me wrong there were lots of people on the on the uh hard cam opposite hard cam side too however that car cam side was packed i mean packed full of people and so that's one thing that's like oh okay i see uh the other thing is yes uh (laughs) so far so good <laughs> so far, so good. I, I was yeah. around some family this week, and I just wouldn't go anywhere near them. I was like, I'm gonna be over here, so you guys just yeah. fucking go over there, because uh, I don't want to do that, you know, kill somebody. But anyway, um, you're a good dude. They they uh, mic the ring, and uh, they mic it so much that it makes this like sound that doesn't sound like a ring when somebody takes a bump, and that I cannot stand. So like someone takes a little bump in the ring and it's like boom, you know, and it's like, come on, man, come on, let's let's come on. So I didn't like that. Um that but, doesn't come across on the live thing. It, like yes, I don't think it does. Uh you know it, it's it's just goofy when you see it live. However, right, um the show was great and the fans really loved it and um it was weird being among a huge crowd and people doing the chants and the, you know, and the clapping and the hipping and the hopping and all they do um, <laughs> and the rapping. And the, <laughs> but I say that I, once and then it's like, it's like hipping. I, I don't even know how I said it, man. So I was like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it, so that's some, that's some things about it. Um, the wrestling was way too much. All right. And the reason I say that is because we watched Dark Elevation first. Um, and Dark Elevation had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine matches taped. Bam, bam, back to back. Oh, shit. Most of them were squash. <clears throat> pardon me. Most of them were squash matches. Um, yeah. And That's why I don't watch them, it. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, and uh, a few of them involve people that we know. One of them involved people we don't like uh so that was kind of fun to see someone that we we like and then you know like for example for example queen aminata wrestled emmy sakura and she and sakura let her get some shit in and it was like that was great i love queen aminata she's from our area you know and um but we saw another female match um that is terrible and I'll tell you who one of the people were in the match. The other person I refuse to mention, and I'm not going to ever put this person over because I don't like them. And it's uh, Sheeta versus question mark. And um, <clears throat> my God, the finish. We all know what Sheeta's finish is, right? It's just like like whirling cyclone knee thing, right? Yeah. Um, the finish of this match was a shitty uh, body slam that the opponent refused to go up for. And Sheeta just had to like muscle her up and throw her down. It looked like the uh, the Hanma body slam he does before he does the hot, the top rope uh, uh, Kokeshi. It was like that. Um, 
Can and, you type uh, this person's name in for me if you won't mention them on the show, just so I know who you're talking about, please? Yes, I will do that. Uh, you don't know who this person is anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, but it's just a local wrestler that has broken our hearts a bunch of times. So, um, but and, dude, uh, why would you stiff like you've got you've you're wrestling like the longest rating champion of AEW? It's kind of your chance to be like you know put on a decent match, even if you're getting squashed. And you, well, when, you stiff them? Like what the fuck? No, it's uh, nobody got stiffed. It was. Uh, she just would she was just getting sand like Sheeta was getting sandbagged. This this wrestler mm. was not not going out for stuff and not making it easy on her. And it's like, come on, man. That's your only job. So, <clears throat> you know, her job is to make Sheeta look great in this match, not the other way around. And it was mm-hmm. the other way around. So or was the attempted other way around. But even Sheeta's not this good. You know, so uh it it it, it was irritating. Um the other thing negative thing I want to say is there was that guy in the crowd. We all know that guy. You know that guy, it's his time to get attention. He can't stop putting himself over. He can't stop yelling weird things. He can't stop starting his own chants and just screaming it over and over and over again, uh, even though nobody is picking up. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's it. And uh, that guy, we by the end of the show, everyone was ready to fight that guy. Like old ladies were like, will you shut that fucking guy up? It was... <laughs> So that guy uh, ruined a lot of uh, fun stuff. Also, here's another thing that's a negative, and this is always the case with me because I don't have very good hearing. Um, plus, I just can't understand. The microphone stuff, we couldn't fucking understand. A lot of it was because of that guy yelling. The other part of it was just because it's like, <laughs> you know, They took our germs. Yeah, they took our germs. And uh, that's what it sounds like. So a lot of the like MJF stuff, we didn't hear what he was saying. Um, I didn't want to hear what Brian Pillman Jr. was saying. So that worked out. Um, but because uh, <laughs> I don't really like him. I've met him in person and he's just a fucking asshole. So that's like, like what? I can't root for a guy that's a huge dick. And um, <clears throat> but it, it also was kind of weird to see, you know, MJF go from the top heel in the company to what you know like what is he now he's like bottom of the card heel going up against brian pillman what is this i don't like that that makes me upset uh, i think it's because like all right it, it, look they're doing the same thing with darby but darby's a face right so who did darby lost the pump like who who came out to fucking stir some shit up with darby oh he's doing this thing with uh sean spears and tully blanchard which you could say, even though he lost to CM Punk, is no offense to Sean Spears. Well, fuck him. Uh, it, I like him. <laughs> I like him, but whatever the fuck. You, can, you could say that from CM Punk to Sean Spears. And I think the reason is, like, Darby's going to win that mini feud and kind of get a little bounce back and then move from there. MJF uh, might have might have gotten his comeuppance on Rampage a little bit and all that kind of stuff. You know, hometown hero and shit, Brian Pilmer Jr. and uh, and Mox coming out at the end there, but uh, it's it's because like he's just gonna he's just gonna beat the shit out of him, and I think they're setting up this this kind of uh, Wardlow thing as well. I don't know. I I try I trust that'll give him something to do. They've kept him busy for quite a while, and I think he's always delivered. So I'm not too worried about MJF or Darby Allen. Okay. They, well, I feel like. AEW loves both, and 
I do too for different reasons. So I feel like they'll be fine. Yeah, Darby Allen can go fuck himself. Uh, MGF's my guy, though. I've always liked him. You guys know we got a long history together. He didn't even say hi to me. Can you believe that? What a jerk. Um, but <laughs> so, uh, it was really fun. You know, I was there with some of the road home guys. So it was fun to see our former boss in the ring, you know, uh, doing his thing because he's tremendous. I mean, like that guy, you know, if you it, everybody knows we knew he was a star like years ago. I mean, it's just like obvious. If you see him on the indies back then, you're just like, well, this guy's going to be fucking on TV real quick. You know, he just he just is a star. So, you know, it's fun. He's got potential too. like he's young and. I know it's – I don't want to blaspheme or anything, but the thing is I haven't seen him wrestle enough one-on-one matches to make – to be fully confident with this comparison. But, like, he's got the character down perfect. He can do the subtle heel things wonderfully, and he's great in the ring. I see kind of switchblade parallels kind of. I just need to see him have more matches. He doesn't have matches that much because they usually no. use him – to build to the matches using uh, he, you know, his promo skills and stuff. But uh, once they move him into his position that he has matches more often, I, I think uh, I think he'd be, yeah, I think he's great. I I hope that, you know, I would assume they have long time, long-term plans for him because he's, won, I mean, he's, he's lost one match since a W since he, since a W began only one. And, well, and I think know, he's guys, fine. Like him and Britt Baker and a few others are kind of your homegrown AEW guys, you know, or talents or whatever. So, you know, he's really important for the company, and I hate to see him uh, feuding with Brian Pillman because I think it's blowing. That's me. Only only one of their champions isn't homegrown, and that's Miro. And I'd also argue that I think Miro's pulling out some of the best shit he's ever done. And... Just to, I'll, I'll ask you some questions and stuff about your experience a little more. But I think some people are a bit disappointed with the whole Malachi Black going after the Nightmare Family thing. But if if people will remember, Miro was with Kip Sabian doing goofy video game stuff and fighting <laughs> the best friends, right? And he did that for months, and then that feud with the best friends ended. And he threw Kip Sabian to fucking hell and back and beat the shit out of him. And ever since that that moment, like this this scary slash hilarious as fuck Miro has just been amazing. I love loved every second of it. So I'm digging and and, and I say that now I'm already digging Mal- Malachi Black and what he's putting down on yeah. what he's doing. I'm loving it. Uh, this is kind of my intro to. Uh, Met Mr. Black because uh, I didn't really watch his NXT stuff. Sorry. And this is also my intro to Cole, uh, Adam Cole Bebe as well. So, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. It's it's good stuff. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, I like, but, you know, Lucha Bros and Britt Baker and Kenny Omega. Homegrown. Oh, I guess I know Kenny Omega's already built up. Uh, reputation and stuff but all homegrown AEW guys that's pretty cool yeah i mean if if miro's not a homegrown guy then neither is kenny omega so yeah you know, they both they yeah, both became famous fair. in other companies same thing with the lucha bros in my opinion but i know what you're saying you're you're right yeah they have some great homegrown talent i guess Speaking what I, I guess what we mean is guys who haven't been in wwe right okay yeah well um 
so just to close out dark elevation or whatever, uh, we saw one awesome match and that was Lee Moriarty versus Danny Garcia. And if you remember on this very podcast, it wasn't long ago, we were talking about a match, uh, at unsanctioned pro between Lee Moriarty and our guy, Lexus Montez and Lexus beat him. And it was a never's fuck. And uh-huh. I think I said it to you and all that stuff. So, um, Lee Moriarty, yeah, he has a tremendous showing versus Danny Garcia and man, that Danny Garcia guy is a whole other conversation. Cause I mean, he's good. Oh he's God. very, very, he's very good. I don't yeah. know why he's getting booked. I mean, he's, he has a match versus Jay white coming up. I don't on, on strong. I don't what, what? Like, like how, I don't know. I don't know who he has naked pictures of every promoter in the country, I guess. I don't know. But, um, the, uh, but Lee Moriarty and him like tore it up. It was really good. And then, you know, Tony Kong, Khan came out and offered uh, Lee Moriarty contract, which is pretty cool, man, because I've seen that guy kind of come up and uh, yet another guy that I've Hell seen. Yeah. Forever. So um, I've also seen Danny Garcia live and, you know, he's good, I guess. I, I didn't. I, I just I don't see the, that, man. I, <laughs> just, I, don't I, see I, it, I look at know. him and I'm like, dude, there's something there. If he was in a tag team, his tag team partner is already Marty Gennetti. You know, like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. He's decent and he's young. So I feel like if you're not feeling him right now, just give him a bit of seasoning, man. I think, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. I feel his wrestling. His wrestling is very good. So oh, like yeah. that, it's, I just, it's just strange to me. Like these guys come out of nowhere. You never say like, you've never heard of this guy. And then all of a sudden he's everywhere and it happens all the time. And it's really weird. Um, it makes you wonder, you know, but, uh, it's kind of like when, uh, you find out something you never knew and then for the, like the next couple of weeks or whatever, you keep finding reference to that reference to that one thing you've just learned a new word and then everyone's fucking saying the new word you learned last week. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, okay. Well, let's talk about, let's get to the fireworks factory. Right. So uh, as you say, the, the problem with the night, um, the issue and, you know, what made me like so upset, I was like, what the fuck is, uh, you know, they come back from commercial. It's, it's time for the main event. We got like 20 minutes left in the show. Um, you know, we've seen Taz talk for five minutes. We've seen, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. Talk for five minutes, not four minutes and 30 seconds or four minutes, five full minutes. So it makes you wonder why we couldn't have maybe had them talk a little less, and then maybe had this not happen, but uh, Suzuki, uh, his music hits, the crowd goes fucking insane. People are singing along, and then it just stops right before Kaze Nainari, and yeah. um, and it kind of like goes to commercial or something. I think it's just like goes dark all of a sudden, and then they go back to uh, you know uh, Moxley's interest. Now Moxley is from Cincinnati, so obviously everyone's there to see him. There's lots of Moxley signs and stuff like that. There was a you know, uh, there was a sign too that was in front of me that was pretty funny, and it it didn't have anything to do with this, but it said Joey Votto Bangs, who is a local baseball player, and uh, and then underneath it it said and uh, uh, Fuego del Sol fucks, <laughs> which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but uh, there are lots of good signs, and you know the crowd, everyone was happy, you know, except for the one, well, the one guy was a little too happy, just screaming the whole fucking night. But you know, everyone was happy. I was sitting next to people I didn't know, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, we love this," and it was great to see all that. But you know, as soon as that happened, it just took the air out of the room, and then the match was extremely formulaic from my point of view to the point where it was just kind of like 
hey, we're going to go out here, we're going to do the, this, that, and the other, and then we're going to go home. And somehow Suzuki gets busted open, and maybe they like go home early because of that. Because then, what's that? Seven stitches. Yeah, and and so he's bleeding, and I feel like that they they end the match early because of that. Because then there's like a minute and a half of John Moxley just walking around trying to get COVID. So I don't know what I, you know, I. That was a botch of severe, you know, problems mm. for me. I, it ruined that part of the night, and I did not enjoy the match really that much because I was like, well, what the – why the fuck? I was thinking all day, you know, I'm going to sing Kaze Nina with a big group full of, mm-hmm. you know, 10,000 people. I, I, I picked up my buddy Dean, and as I pulled up to him, I timed it so that was playing like loud as fuck out my window as soon as I pulled up to him. You know, I mean, we were having fun with it, and then – so that was a faux pas um, that yeah. really sucks. Uh, did I get a chance to see Suzuki? Hell yeah. Am I really happy about that? Yes, I am. Um, however, you know, I, I have a lot of issues with that kind of thing. Now, you know, there was a lot of great things on the night. I got to see CM Punk, you know, kind of the biggest thing, I guess. Well, let me, well, I want to hear about how Suzuki thing played on TV before I move on to my favorite wrestler ever and seeing him challenge for the AEW title. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm watching it, man. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, I'm live tweeting on the, the never open pod thing. And, and then it happens. And I'm just like, I, I tweety out straight away. Wait, did they just fucking cut short Kaze Nino, right? And then all of a sudden, my fucking Twitter feed just blows up with uh, all of our fucking Tweety regulars. How's it going, y'all? Just going like, what the fuck, Kaze Nino, right? What, you know, all, all variations of that same thing, you know? What the fuck, where is Kaze Nino, And it was fucking... It was just like everyone, I feel like, on on the Tweety, and maybe myself included, was so fucking, like, angry about it. Well, you know, first world problems, I guess, you know, but you know what I mean. So annoyed by it that uh, I wonder how much of this, like, I feel it was fun, a fun match, but and that I managed to have a good time with it, but I just thought, like, they cut his, they cut that short, and then the match felt short too. And I was just like, oh man, it's fun, but it could have been better. Like if they did that exact same match that we saw, but everyone had heard Kaze Nino Ray, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think people would fucking give a shit, right? But Kaze, Kaze Nino Ray, I just. Was just is is like there's a reason like he lets his scene play out then he comes out he slowly walks down to the ring he times it perfectly he's just about to fucking get up there throw his arm up and go and everyone was everyone was going to go fucking Kazanina Ray everyone right yeah we have well, wrestling blue balls thanks to this you know come on for total wrestling blue balls look i will say though that uh there is a Tweety at uh, the Murderhawk monster I saw from his thing. Just bear with me, I think, because I don't tweet that much. But uh, oh, we tweet I, all the time. What are you talking about? I don't tweet that much. I'm only on Twitter like seven to fourteen hours every day. Like, come on, that'd be cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Look, I check Twitter a lot, but doesn't mean I tweet a lot. Fair enough. Yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, but uh, the legends, M- M- Suzuki, Demonaro, and his protege, it's a photo of him and Suzuki, uh, were both furious about preferential hometown treatment John Moxley received last night at Dynamite. We'll yep. hear from Suzuki Goon next Wednesday on Dynamite, where they'll issue a challenge to Moxley. So I know the situation sucks. But I like that they addressed it and were like, all right, let, let's make this right. So I know <laughs> next Dynamite isn't Cincinnati and you're not there. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, do, I do like the fact that AEW is just like, oh, shit, we fucked up. Uh, yeah, we're going to do this right next week. And, uh, you know, I was happy with that. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. They they could have just been like, yo. Yeah, yeah, I think they did have to do that. I think they had to do something. I mean, because I'm telling you, like, it was like your favorite sports team. You're there, and uh, and the dude and and someone just like dro- yeah. like drops the ball, you know, at, like at the key moment of the game, and you, everyone just looks around like, what the fuck just happened? I mean, that's that's what it was like. Well, it sucked the air out of the room, man. I'm telling. All right. Let me just say this, though, and let me just play, compare the companies. If this is WWE, they'd ignore the whole thing. They don't give a fuck. Of course. AEW, though, has gotten this kind of reputation of, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I think we messed that up. We'll take that on board. Let's do better. They had to, like I said, yeah. And they did it. Like, if this was the number one company when i say that sarcastically because uh, they're evil, mother- evil motherfuckers and they can eat it fucking go into wood chipper country get out of here fucking <laughs> sorry man throw they're evil the throw them in the fiber they're, they're evil man like look i'm a smart wrestling fan subscriber so i i literally pay others to watch that bullshit for me just so i can stay <laughs> up to date on wrestling me too yeah because <laughs> they're evil <laughs> they're fucking <clears throat> type of, type of for sure yeah, but yeah sure. that's the difference of the companies and i i know i saw a, a kenny omega thing about tribalism and wrestling and stuff but i see all elite wrestling as a company that doesn't waste my time and when they fuck up which is this is what they did they did fuck up and we're calling them out on it they did something about it man like uh, i like that i don't yeah, know i mean that's kind of what they had to do. Like I said, they, you know, unlike other companies, they are not established uh, yet. So because they're not established, they actually care what the fans think. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens yeah. when they're raking in the money and when, when they're you 20 know, twenty years old or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I I went, I paid for a ticket. I went to their show. You know what I mean? That's not something I normally do. And then, and let's talk about how my fandom towards them have changed. Uh, because of Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson now. I mean, like, he comes out. I'm fucking shitting my pants. I'm so happy. His music is terrible, though. I don't know what we're doing with that, but it doesn't matter. The <laughs> crowd, I mean, like, the crowd went insane for, for Brian Danielson, as they should. And he challenged Kenny Omega. So, like, I have – Luke, I don't I don't pay for pay-per-views. That ain't a thing I do. You know what I mean? I've never done that. I think I've bought, like, you know, streaming services, I you know, and then I've watched – 
pay-per-views by other means. And so like, if, if, <laughs> you know, if the next, if the next uh, AEW pay-per-view has Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega for the AEW championship, I'm going to fucking buy that. I want to watch that. You know what I mean? Like no that's, way. that's, they got me, you know what I mean? So like, that's the thing is that like, you know, if you want to hear my complete thoughts on this, you can check out the road home from wrestling episode we did about it. But I think that, you know, the thing that I can't help but notice is that they are bringing back fans like myself. There's many people yeah. who are returning to wrestling because of what's going on and people are excited about it again. And it has that kind of new feeling again, like, like, okay, something big's happening. We need to pay attention to this. And the people that are paying attention to it are people I respect. And so like, here we are, you know, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm excited to see that match. I just want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle good wrestlers in situations where he can do whatever he wants, which is this situation. So here we are. I was so hyped up after All Out that, look, I don't listen to that many podcasts. So I'm, I'm sorry, all, all wrestling podcasters out there. I don't listen to that many person. I, I, I have a certain amount of time, and I got ADHD. I've got all sorts of all sorts of stuff. But I was so excited after all out. I rewatched certain parts that I really liked, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, 20 years of Nitro. What are they talking about AEW for? I'm gonna check this out. And now I'm now I'm starting their shit from the start. But I don't think Daniel Bryan is the pay per view match. It's not. It's. Okay. It's it's in a it's in a few weeks time or in the halfway point. They're going to give that away on TV, I reckon, because the pay per view match is this long, long story. I'm sorry if you, yeah, all you Brian Danielson fans, but I don't want him to be the one to take that title off Kenny Omega. There's only one motherfucker in that company, only one, only one person who beat Kenny Omega in AEW that will satisfy me as a long-term AEW watcher, and that is Adam Hangman Page. I'm sorry. No, I understand. I just want to see – I don't care if Daniel Bryan wins the title. I just want to see that match. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and, if, and if it's not a pay-per-view, I'm buying it. If the pay-per-view is Adam Page versus uh, uh, Kenny Omega, I'm not buying that pay-per-view. <laughs> sorry, you know. <laughs> Why do you wait until you see what Daniel Bryan might do at the pay-per-view if he doesn't win the title? You know, they'll, they'll, get, they'll give him something – awesome to do there's heaps yeah, of people there so. who he'll want to wrestle i hope so i'm i'm excited about what that is going forward i hope it's not you know what they're doing you know and now punk is like down the card too and he's like challenged the the fucking taz guys and it's like oh uh, dude you complain about that i i understand i get it for people who aren't into team taz that's fine but I will have uh, powerhouse hubs is green, but uh, there's potential there. It's fine. I, I like him, but it's the idea of seeing CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. I'm just like, oh shit, I won't watch that match. Yeah. And if I have to watch him wrestle Hook or powerhouse hubs first before he gets <laughs> to fucking Ricky Starks, I'm fine with that. So I see it. I I know, but. You know, he's had his big match, and now let's normalize him in AEW. Let's let's right. do something kind of AEW normal. Let's bring him into the fold. Let's get him working. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I understand it if people aren't in the team, Taz. I am kind of. But, uh, yeah, so I, CM Punk, Ricky Sarks. 
Is that what you want though, Luke? Do you want do you want CM Punk, the guy that they're paying millions of dollars, I'm sure, you know, to do to be the normal guy, to be a normal guy on your show? I mean, that's not what you want, right? You want him to be a special guy. See, what I I find what AEW has done from the start is they've always kind of intermingled uh, big stars with new guys or green guys or something like that. Never, maybe not always for long, for maybe for short-term feuds and things like that. But I kind of like how they mix old and new in AEW. Like, I'm not sick of Sting. Every time he comes out, I get giddy because I really like how AEW have used Sting. So, I don't know. I have a bit of trust in him. And even if things don't work out for the first couple of months, I always trust that they'll work it out because, as I said, Miro, Miro didn't impress for a while. <laughs> now he's yeah. one of my favorite things every week. So, well, you, you also would have seen Andrade El Idolo versus Pac. <laughs> what did you think of that? That was fucking amazing, right? <laughs> I, I totally dug it. And... Dude, I knew I, I'm glad it wasn't on a pay per view because it didn't have a it had a screwy finish, or maybe they decided to do a screwy finish because it wasn't on pay per view, but whatever. It made me feel like there's another match be- between these guys brewing. Uh, it was awesome, it was fucking insane, actually. And that's and they're giving that away on Rampage. Rampage is on Friday, Friday nights in America, where, yes. pe- where people would be like. You know, I'd watch Rampage, but, you know, I might go out and uh, get drunk and maybe get laid. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so, you know. Yeah, so. What, well, did you okay. like that match? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, I told everybody they need to watch it because it was fucking great. It was the best match of the night, for sure. Um, you know, it was fantastic. I re- also really liked uh, Deontay Martin uh, versus Powerhouse Hobbs, and it wasn't because of Powerhouse Hobbs. It was because Deontay Martin fucking crushed it. It's just Dante. Are you sure? Yeah, like clicks. Dante. I thought it was was Deontay. Anyway, that guy, uh, he's awesome. He's kind of from our area a little bit and has been around a long time. So, well, not not a ton of time, but he's been around a couple of years. I've seen him in person a few times. Um, But uh, anyway, he was bumping like a maniac. I really like him. the other thing, too, I wanted to talk about is it um, – let's see here. Ruby Soho came back, and she had a match, and that was cool. Uh, she's also kind of from yeah. our area a little bit, sort of, so that was a big pop for her. And, uh, you know, her entrance got cut short, too. Like, they just – they you know, she, like – it was really short. And it's like, man, that should have been, like, a much bigger deal, um, which I thought was kind of weak. Uh, oh, also, her – Yes, yes. and that's one thing I I don't agree with is that more is more. I think less is more. That's just my opinion. Um, I don't know if that applies to podcasting because I've been pumping out episodes right and left of stuff. But uh, (laughs) uh, whatever, you know, Um, what was it? Uh, RJ City once gave me some advice. He says, you you do this and you know it's not good, you know, but you you put them out. And if people want to listen, they can. That's what he told I, me. I, yeah, I do lots of movie reviews like on the YouTube. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Hey man, we're we're bored. So uh, it is what yeah. it is. But okay, so this uh, this show, am I glad I went? Absolutely. I got to see Tully Blanchard. I got to see Sting. I got to see uh, Kenny Omega. I got to see many people I'd never seen in person before, which was fun. Even though they just talked or whatever, it was still great to see them. Um, you know, there's like these legend type guys that I really want to see, you know, like, like I finally saw Flair a couple years ago and, you know, things like that. I like to check those off the, the, you know, list in the back of my mind. So that was cool. And it was fun yeah. to see friends and, 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 and experience something fairly new that did, but that's the thing is it didn't feel new. It felt like, oh, this is a WWE show where everything is just black instead of red. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it felt like as far as the presentation. I wish the mm -hmm. AEW would get a little more unique with their presentation. However, they're doing things very well. And and here's the thing that I can't argue with. I can't be cynical about anymore. That is the most people I've ever seen at a wrestling show in the Cincinnati area ever. And like I've been to a lot of wrestling shows in the Cincinnati area. I mean, that was more than WWE gets in Columbus or or Cincinnati. I mean, it was unreal as far as the amount of people there you know i also got to see many people i like also found out some of my favorite people in the world were backstage but didn't get on the show which is pretty cool i can't tell anybody who that is but i'll tell you off the air um hey, but you. uh i'm sorry i just said thank you <laughs> yes absolutely but uh you know so that's awesome and you know it's 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 amazing how small the leap is from your local indie uh to aew or something like that it's it, it's a it's a small step but it's also the biggest step a wrestler has to take you know it was one small step for uh a fan watching and one giant leap for uh, a wrestler so it's like it's one mm -hmm. of those things where it's it's very interesting like i mean like i'm saying i saw lee moriarty in front of a couple hundred people not even that many several times and now he's on you know the main show or whatever he's doing so it's like stuff like that is pretty cool to see as i've said it's kind of the ultimate fan experience and knowing that people that i like and people that i think are good people are you know maybe going to get opportunities in the future or at least are on the radar that makes me very very happy makes me happy too to look and the Lee Moriarty thing, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really familiar with him, but I thought it was cool that they signed him because I'm like, well, they've signed all these big guys, man, they seem pretty full. Oh, they, they, they're taking a, a chance on this, this other guy too. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. Now he's not, he's not small, by the way. Like he's a guy who could be in there with Wordlow and of course he'd be smaller than Wordlow, but he'd still be like a guy that he's bigger than MJF, you know, just a little bit. So I uh, did I say he was small? Yeah, you said you said like yeah it's or, didn't you just say that Oh I meant small in terms of like like you think that they're hiring all these big names and you think like oh, well okay, I got they've you. got a big they've got they've got all these big names and stuff. Maybe they're kind of not signing smaller names and stuff. That's that's it. Like it wasn't definitely wasn't a size in terms of uh, how tall are they? Are they are they six foot hundred? Are they fucking under thirty? You know all that kind of stupid shit. <laughs> hey, yes. uh, before we forget, we should probably do Ian's strong review. <laughs> oh yes, let's do that. I forgot oh, about it. I'm sorry, oh Ian. We love you, Ian. We do. <clears throat> so. 
Ian uh, does strong reviews for us, and we figure we better play this one now because if not, then we're going to try to be squeezing it in during the G1 coverage. And if you don't know, when we do the G1, we typically just cover the G1 for the most part. We will still do the strong reviews, of course. However, we're not doing like match recommends, and it will be a little more streamlined of a show, hopefully. We always say that, but we'll see what happens. So, um, okay. So here is Ian's strong review for the day that was two days before this one. Hi Luke and Andy, this is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. This episode marked the end of the Black Box shows. As the old saying goes, all frustrating necessities of a global pandemic must come to an end, and we're finishing the shows off with a showcase of the talent in the New Japan LA Dojo. This is good, partly because these guys are really talented in the ring, but mostly because it means there's a 0% chance of JR Kratos being on this episode. First up, we have Kevin Knight versus the DKC. Commentary make a big deal at the start about how evenly matched these guys are, and with the kindest heart and the best will in the world, one of these guys moves and fights like a wrestler, while the other moves and fights like a truck stop bathroom attendant. That's a bit unfair of me to say. The DKC has got a lot better since he started training in the dojo, but Knight is considerably further along on his journey. His moves are smarter, he has some really great looking heavy strikes, and at one point he hits a standing frog splash which shows off a truly impressive vertical leap. And to his credit, DKC also has some very good looking kicks and a well developed ground game. A submission victory for Kevin Knight brings an end to a better match than I was expecting. Following this we have Clark Connors versus Alex Coughlin in what is halfway between a grudge match and a family drama. These guys came up together in their dojo, they had their first New Japan matches against each other, and for months there's been a sense of frustration in Coughlin that while he was injured, Connors got ahead of him, and this is the match where he tries to catch up. Clark Connors would be a credit to the junior division of any promotion in the world, but especially New Japan right now. He's got a very well-developed technique, and more power behind it than most juniors get. On the other side of the ring, Coughlin has the potential to be a main eventer if he keeps developing the way he has been. This match becomes a battle between Coughlin's strength and athletic skill versus Connor's additional experience and cunning, and is so often the case with young Lions, experience wins out. Post-match, Coughlin gives the backstage promo of his career. Incredibly emotional, but incredibly strong. I feel like he's ready to graduate, and I can't wait to see what he does next. In our main event, Carl Fredericks faces Ren Narita. Commentary reminds us that back in the 2019 New Japan Cup, Narita was the only man to beat Carl Fredericks, and the match here is the story of a man trying to correct the record. Fredericks has a distinct size and power advantage, and seems to need to beat Narita more than Narita needs to beat him. However, at the end of the match he just gets out-wrestled. The Yellow Dejo may have taught Fredericks everything he knows, but this match made it clear that there were things that the Yellow Dojo didn't know. After the match, Fred Rosser comes out to congratulate Narita, and by congratulate I obviously mean he comes out to talk shit. This is a great segment, with Rosser flashing his credentials and demanding respect, and Narita answering in Japanese to call him a former superstar. Ouch. The Black Box shows ended on a high with this episode, and I'm really looking forward now to seeing what Strong looks like with a crowd. Oh, one last thing. 
I know you guys are too busy to watch any Pro Wrestling Noah, but they just started a new English language show on Wrestle Universe, and the first episode was really good. The main event was Marafuji and Sugiura versus Nakajima and Keno, and it was absolutely blinding. It really pumped me up for Noah's answer to the G1, the N1 victory, which starts this weekend. Thanks, guys, and until next time, keep it strong. Um, by the way, the first night, I think it's the first night uh, of the N1 was streamed free on YouTube, and you can watch that on the Noah YouTube channel, which uh, Lexus Montez sent that to me this morning, and I'm going to check that out later today. A um, couple things. One, uh, gas uh, truck stop uh, bathroom attendants, um, that's not a thing. Um, it, that's actually just a guy trying to blow you you know, and get paid for it. So that's, that's who that is. Um, he's crazy. if you're ever at a gas station, he's not there to help. Well, I mean, he's, you know, whatever you, whatever tickles your pickle, of course, but, uh, you know, it's fine, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, prostitution is illegal in the United States just so you know, which it shouldn't be, but it is. Um, but, uh, also, so that whole thing where Carl Fredericks loses. So that's Ren Narita's first win over a non young lion. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was badass, man. That's totally dope. And it makes sense, too, because I think Ren and just got this story going on with uh, with Fred Rosser. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Look, I'm going to watch Strong when they have a crowd, but I am not going to cover it, like, i.e. write notes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, if Ian does a review, then you will hear... <laughs> What happened that week? If he doesn't because he's busy or whatever, that's totally fine too, man. Like, we all do this for free. It's a hobby and shit. It's fine. Like, it's whatever. But, uh, you know, but if, if, if worst comes to worst, he doesn't cover it, I'll have watched it and I'll probably spend a couple minutes on it because it, if it's uh, with, with fans in the crowd and all that kind of stuff, there's some interesting stuff. We're even going to get a match between Robbie Eagles and Jay White. Also, yeah. I, just, I just want to point out there's something I've been complaining about with New Japan Pro Wrestling for a while now. I love New Japan Pro Wrestling, I, and I think we can both uh, uh, man enough to admit that they're in a slump. Yeah, but but we love it. We love it. Like we we still do the show. You know, we we fucking love New Japan. But man, their juniors scene has taken the biggest hit since COVID. And it still hasn't quite fully bounced back yet. <clears throat> and now your junior champions in America. I don't know. I, I don't know. I understand doing. though, like the G one's on, so he's not going to be wrestling anyway. I guess because it's just probably going to be like it was last year. No preview tags. It's just all tournament matches. I hope so. I don't mind that actually. It, it's fine. I actually kind of like that system. You know, we want to get to the nitty gritty. You don't need to have preview matches for the G1. Uh, we're yeah. already interested and invested, so just have the G1. You got it. Now, I want to mention a story that I came up with when I was totally cooked in my brain about the G1, but I don't want to do that unless you have other stuff to add about the, the dynamite. I will say, though, I was really impressed and happy with the six lady tag on rampage featuring Riho, ruby soho and Britt baker versus uh reba uh Britt baker and uh 
Jamie Hayden. No, I said Brubaker twice. Sorry, uh, Chris Statlander is on the face team. And then Brubaker is with Jamie Hayden and Reba, of course. I liked that six-woman tag. That was really cool shit. And that should have been the Dynamite match, I guess, because the Dynamite match between Jamie Hayden and uh, Ruby Soho, yeah. Um, there's only one person that was rusty in the ring in that match, and it wasn't Ruby Soho. She might yeah, have been... Ruby might have been jobbed out and fucking used poorly in WWE, but she was wrestling a lot too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what Jamie Hayter was. Uh, she was nervous or something, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, is it just, like, yeah, that's not just me, right? Like, I know no, it was tango, but the match had really cool parts and it had a lot of botches in it, and they tried to do way too much. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, not everyone in AEW needs to impress 100% right away. Like, I'm going to use the Miro example again. But, uh, yeah, he didn't impress everyone right away, did he? Uh, But, yeah, I'm happy. Like, all right. And now, one thing I really need to ask you about, because he is your favorite wrestler, and I'd be remiss if I didn't go, like, dude, you saw Daniel Bryan. Oh, it's, it's not a WWE setting, and... Uh, and I'm um, hoping you at least heard some of what he said on the mic with the sound or whatever, but uh, how was it seeing uh, Brian Danielson? I keep calling Daniel Bryan. That habit's going to be hard because the name, his real name and the name, his WWE name are just too fucked. It's fucked up. Come on, man. Tell me, Brian Danielson, how right. was it? Well, I already talked about this, but uh, that's okay. Oh, I hear you. Um, I just I I love him. He's like to me, he's the best wrestler, and he's like my guy. I love watching him. Yeah. Um, having him, you know, seeing him come out. His music is stupid. However, the crowd reacted to him like he was, you know, walking on water. It was fucking awesome. The crowd was yesing and doing all that stuff, and that was fun. So, yes. All right. I made you repeat yourself, and I do apologize. I am I am drunk okay. and baked. And as soon as you started saying that again, I was like, oh, yeah, I was there for that. Um, I, I do apologize for that. But I will add, <laughs> do you think Dan, uh, Brian Danielson needs to have a Jake Hager moment? And by Jake Hager moment, I mean when Jericho was putting together the inner circle on TV, he introduced everyone and everyone's going like, we the people. We the people. And Jericho's like, that was a shit thing from bad creative. It's over with, and no one gives a shit. And now no one ever says we the people anymore. Do you think Daniel Bryan, this, maybe when they turn him heel, they'll do it this way, mate? Because he, I reckon he works both ways. Uh, you know, uh, kind of like I could see Zack Sabre Jr. working both ways. When you got someone that technical and that good, it, it works. But um, do you think he needs to have that moment where someone says something like, yeah, yes, 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 no, 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 was the other place. We're doing something different here. Do you think he needs that moment? No. No, I think that's like, that's like, uh, you know, Macho Man uh, not saying, yeah, oh, yeah, anymore, you know, oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's like just part of his deal, man. It's one of the most over. 
gimmicks yeah, of it's you know of the modern it? era. So I mean, you can't take that away from them. That's that's dumb, um, in my opinion. That's yeah. like punk not not saying it's clobbering time or whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just part of his deal. So like, it you know, I, I find that he's going to be just fine. And the fact that he's he's just going to be himself more, and he's going to be a fucking psycho in the ring. I can't wait, man, because that's what. Brian Danielson is a fucking psychotic, you know, badass in the ring that will fucking break your face. It, it, man, okay, so there was a moment in that in his promo that, like, God, I tried so hard to get the crowd to do it, but they didn't do it. And that was, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan's like, I'm going to kick your head in. And the crowd was supposed to be like, you know, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. Which is what, you know, Daniel Bryan's old chant was. On in ROH, that's what his chant was: was you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. So you know, crowd didn't do it because they were more familiar with him from WWE and didn't mm-hmm. know why I was yelling that, and I didn't want to be like that guy that was down the row from us just screaming whatever. So I had to shut up. But uh, that was a moment where the crowd could have thrown that back in, and I think we're gonna get more old school Daniel uh, Brian Danielson stuff like that. That's what we're gonna get. So eventually, hopefully, the crowd will figure out that when he says something like that, they're supposed to do that chant because that chant is fucking hilarious and awesome. All right, Mr. Andy. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, actually. As soon as you said no, I was just like, oh, he's too over, isn't he? Yeah, he's too over. As over as as that kind of gimmick was for Swagger, it wasn't yes, yes, no, no, over. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. all right, so Mr. Andy. Yes. We can, we can even make this a segment sometimes on the show because uh, he's your favorite wrestler and uh, I've only seen his WWE work so if you ever want to do a segment where you're just like alright Luke watch this Daniel Bryan match this week because well yeah, I, I've I, sent you yeah I've sent you Brian you know I sent you uh, I Daniel Bryan versus Tanahashi uh, we uh, we also I, talked about a Daniel Bryan match already on this show I so know, I know. Seen I've seen some stuff I have, but I, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't get that chant that you just said. I, I had no idea. Like, that just went it's right great. away. Yeah. Didn't he have something called a cattle mutilation or something that he did as yeah. well? Something yeah, like yeah. that. That's his, uh, his finish. One of his finishes. I mean, like. I don't yeah, know I mean, exactly I, what that is, but I know Zack Sabre Jr. has done it. If you don't, if you don't want to, or if you want to, you want to learn about ROH Daniel Bryan, it's pretty easy. I mean, you can watch his shit versus Hashimoto is tremendous. Also, you know, his series with Nigel McGuinness is a lot of times talked about as kind of the best, but he also has matches versus Kenta. You know, there's, there's a lot of good shit and uh, it's all just balls to the walls. Like he, you think he's going to break people's arms. Like you think that's what's happening. It's, it's good. Very good. Um, so I know we've talked a lot, but there's something I wanted to bring up, and it is New Japan Pro Wrestling related. Oh hey! And yeah, can you believe it? It it, it is to do with this some drunken stonerish fantasy I had on the, on the Tweety and uh, to you on the Facebook chat as well. And, so who's great uh, facing? Yeah. <laughs> I I just uh, I shot my bolt and I have predicted my G1 winner and my G1 winner for this year because that belt is cursed and they need to remove that curse as fast as possible. So my G1 
prediction for the ch- for the winner is the champ himself, Shingo Takagi, because usually they don't have a champion win a G1. Why would you bother have a champ win the G1? Who are they going to choose? And it's probably someone they beat already. Big deal. It's not it's not that interesting to have a champion win a tournament. It's yeah, kind of boring. This is the only instance that I can think of where a champion winning the tournament would actually have some weight to it because Ashat is considering himself to be the actual champion. You know, uh, that guy who I won't name. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. And as much as I don't want a fantasy book, something that involves that guy, that story is just right there. Yep. Right there. So my prediction is uh, – and Jeff Cobb's not going to win the G1. Uh, he's going to do great in the G1, but he's not going to win it because his leader is the quote-unquote champion, right? Uh, it's not going to be Naito because Shingo's got the title. People could say it's Okada, but nah, I don't know. Uh, and I think if anyone has a better idea or better story idea, hold I'll hold their beer. They can tell me all about it. But Shingo is going to win the G1, and he is going to challenge that guy because he refused to be in the G1, and he is saying that he is the real champion. So... Shingo can challenge anyone he fucking wants if he wins the G1, can't he? And then Wrestle Kingdom happens. I know there's three nights. They can do all sorts of shit, but Wrestle Kingdom happens, and Shingo does what he hasn't really been able to do in important title big man matches, and that's beat that guy, which cements Shingo Takagi as the baddest motherfucker in New Japan pro wrestling. What do you think? I think it's, you know, it makes perfect sense. And uh, except for the part where he's beating Jeff Cobb in the finals, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, because I don't, I, I think that everyone's going to be very disappointed with uh, Jeff Cobb's win-loss t- uh, 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 record in the G1. However, he will very much impress, you know, and I think that's what this year's G1 is about for him personally. That's just my opinion. So um, you think he only gets like six to eight points? Maybe not ten? Maybe Maybe less. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's more likely that we'll see, you know, someone like, you know, Okada or Tanahashi. I think that, you know, whoever yeah. wins, like the, one of the first nights, it's Okada versus Tanahashi uh, for B Block. And I think that whoever wins that is not going to win the G1. Whoever loses that probably will. That's just my opinion, or win the their block, you know? Well, it's not Tanahashi. Tanahashi's got the United States title, so he doesn't need to win the G1, really. Yeah, and, but... And he's already got a Tanahashi. ready-made match for Wrestle Kingdom because they're going to want Moxley. He's also Tanahashi, so that's that kind of trumps yes, all that is. other stuff you said. So, uh, but I, my, my prediction is that Okada wins the G1 and that <sighs> uh, the finals... And if you, I mean, if the finals are him versus Shingo, then that's your Wrestle Kingdom match right there. Um, What's you know, the story he, though? What's the story for Okada it's, winning? It's, it's Okada being, you know, rebuilt into the top guy at New Japan, and that's that's what I re- predicted last year. If that doesn't happen this year, that's also what I'll predict next year because that's gonna happen at some point, and this is the perfect time to do it. Now, is that what I want? No, but that's what I think will happen. I feel like they pulled the trigger on Shingo. I feel like they've had 
stability issues in terms of like that title. They're, they're already up to their third champion or a brand new title. I don't think they really wanted it to be like that, but here we are. Uh, I feel like they want to give that belt credibility. I feel like they want to make it important. I feel like they need to make that belt more important. I feel like the G1 needs to be about unifying the unified titles. I feel like... <laughs> Isn't that fucking stupid? <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. how it sounds. And I know it will culminate in a match between Shingo and that guy. And I think everyone is sick to death of hearing our opinions of that guy. But, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. But I feel like that's the story that makes the most logical sense to my brain. But I, you know, you could be right. You know, I don't know. I'm just this is this is. I've just never guessed the G1 winner ever before. Ever. No, and I don't. And I don't, don't think ever will. Um, I mean, here's here's a scenario, a nightmare scenario for you. Okay, um, what if uh, you know we get like uh, I don't know, uh, Kota Bushi wins the A block somehow, and then he has to fight Goto in the, in the finals, and he barely beats Goto. Like that's a nightmare scenario for me, uh, but also one I've seen before. Um, you know, I, I just think that we're forgetting about Ibushi. We're also forgetting about Okada and Tanahashi, yeah. which are the guys yeah. that are, you know, New Japan's top heavy. There's only certain guys that can win that title. And we've talked about all of them just now, and none of them are Jeff Cobb. So it just, that's, yeah. that's my opinion. Um, I think that Tonga Loa is going to do a Fale thing and get DQ'd each time or yep. something like that. I think that's going to happen. Yep. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't have right. any expectations other than good matches. So all right. What do you want from Okan? He's not winning. We we both you and I both know he's got no chance in fucking hell of winning the G1. No. But we've want we want more singles matches with this motherfucker. We're dying for it. That that match with uh, Tanahashi for the Never Open title fucking totally turned me. Like, you know, you can go back. I was fucking ragging on Great Okan big time. I don't rag on him anymore. I, I fucking love him. And what do you what what are your hopes for him? What do you, what do you, how do you think he'll do in the G one? Win or lose? Well, I think he's gonna have a rematch with Naito. Yeah, it'll be awesome. That match. Oh yeah. Good. Uh, you know, he's gonna get to face Kenta. He has history uh, with uh, Yano, so he's going to have another match with Yano. And then the match that I'm really looking forward to, because you, you know, this is like the gold standard of the G1, the guy that has a fucking amazing outing every year but never wins, and that's Ishii. Ishii's going to face, uh, you know, uh, Okan, and that's going to be fantastic. Yes. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that. He also gets to wrestle Bushi. You know, I can just and and Zack Saber Jr. I mean, like. Okan's matches are going to be very interesting and we're going to like really be interested in those when we, when we talk about them, I'm sure that'll be like a highlight of every show is what did Okan do this week? Uh, because I, I really like him and I think that this will be yes. part of his coming out party. And so, oh, so that's what bad, I think is going to happen. Like, like of the new guys, he's the newest, I think in this, in he'll, this tournament, he'll, he'll, right? So get six points, minimum six points, three wins uh, at least. He may lose every match, but if he does, it, that's okay. It'll just be – it just needs to be good. You know, like I said on the main show, the main thing I'm kind of pissed about is we don't – we're not going to get a Tai Chi versus a Bushi rematch because that that match is just – I want Tai Chi to start climbing the ladder because it's time. You know, it's time to get him get him going. And, uh, you know, just my opinion. 
I've never done recommends for New Japan matches, I, except once. Uh, for, um, meaning, meaning once for uh, matches that I'd already seen oh, uh, okay. when I'd started watching New Japan. The only match I'd ever recommended that I'd already seen watching live was uh, John Moxley versus Ishii. Uh-huh. But uh, the match I always think about recommending for the show is Koto Bushi versus Taichi at the G1 last year. That match is one of my favorite matches of all time. It is fucking amazing. Uh, it, it's just, it's mind bogglingly fantastic. Just, that is, you know how New Japan matches will always have that segment where they're trading blows? That's the whole match. Yeah. With kicks. I know, I know you know, I know you know, I know you know. I'm telling this, but and and it's 152 kicks. Everyone listening, I've I, I mean, Rocky tweeted that out once, like uh, not long after the match. Like I remember reading that tweet, going fucking 152 kicks. <laughs> Fuck man, it's a blast. It's so fun. Yeah, it so. Please don't recommend that, Miss Andy. That's one I've been holding on to for a while. I'll do that myself. Uh, it's one. Yeah, so I I usually want to branch out with my recommends to shit I've never seen before. It just makes no sense because that's like kind of the opposite of what the recommends are supposed to be. It's supposed Dude, to be like matches that we've seen that we know are good. I know. I know. Th- I know that. I, I know that. But. I feel like it's it's an excuse for for me to go. I don't know. I if I usually, it forces me to watch other stuff, I get. It. Yeah, it and I like it for that. And I I I think I've chosen some, a couple stinkers here and there, but I like to think that I've chosen a lot of good matches, even though I've never seen them before, because New Japan Pro Wrestling is awesome. I just think it's funny you haven't done it in a while, but you used to recommend the same match that I recommended like a couple of weeks before. And, yeah, before, yeah. And I was, and that's when we were like, me and Charity were both like, hey, so maybe you should watch these first. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I try and like go on a different tack. I'm like, all right, he's recommending this kind of stuff, or I, I don't know. I try and go to different areas. I know. So what? We do a so good job with that. I'm not. I'm not shitting on you. You know. So. <laughs> not taking a big old shit on you. So. Okay. Well, what else do we got to discuss here? I mean, like I, you know, overall the AEW experience was a good one. Um, I know mm-hmm. I kind of nitpicked it a little bit, but it's morning here, right. and uh, it's it's a couple days removed now from it, and I don't have that same like hype about it as i did if we had recorded this like the day after it or something i think i would have been a little more positive um but uh but i tell you what man um it's it's been an interesting week you got to go shopping with your wife for the first time i've kind of had (laughs) a, a, a packed week with stuff you know what i mean and like it feels good to be doing things again you know what i mean yeah. like i don't I, I don't know how else to say it but it feels good to be doing things again now i'm still terrified and i'm still wearing my mask everywhere i go i uh, tell you what uh aew fans hey put a fucking mask on jesus christ they were required at the venue and like as soon as people got in they just took them off and i mean even my friends did that and it's like what are we doing like what i i just 
I don't know. I, t- I put it yeah. on and I forget I'm wearing it. I'll be walking around outside and somebody's like, why you got a mask on outside? I'm like, oh shit, do I? You know what I mean? Like I forget that I have it on. I don't understand why it's such a big deal, but uh, it is. Also, I have a tip. Here's a pro tip for everybody. Um, if you're wearing a mask, I don't care what kind it is. If you need to drink something or eat something, detach it from your ear you know, one ear and then like drink something and then put it back. This whole thing where they pull it down under their chin. Like, what is that? Like, what are you doing? Like, how do you even do that? My ears get all bent up if I try to do that and you look foolish and then you forget to put it back up and then you look really dumb. So I don't know, man, I look cool in my mask and I'm going to look cool and I'm not, I'm not doing that way. You know, I'm going to fucking do it the right way. I did a Facebook post like the other day. Like I was just like, motherfuckers, it's been a year. The mask goes over your nose. Oh, dude, come on. It's brutal over here. I mean, like it's still that way. I've said it a million times. I'm the only person pretty much that consistently wears a mask. Although I have to say I have been seeing more and more of it. And there's there's also talk of like vaccination mandates going on in the company I work for, which is so funny because I'm already vaccinated, but all the fucking people I work with aren't, and they're gonna be pissed. And maybe they'll all quit. That'd be awesome. So <laughs> fuck them. Who would that be pissed? I'm sorry, because, like I, because I, they're I idiots. Look, yeah. I don't care if any motherfucker listening to this is like, oh, Luke's like that. Well, fuck this guy. I want to listen. Fuck podcast. I don't give a shit, motherfucker. No. I don't care. I do this because Andy's one of my good friends, and I like bullshitting with him every fucking week. So fuck you. Yeah, motherfucker. Uh, getting your fucking vaccine is your civic fucking duty. Fucking do it. Just get it done, man. Oh, but you still will get corona. Well, yeah, but your chances of dying from corona are significantly lessened if you're vaccinated get your fucking vaccine vaccine jesus christ where does it where did this whole i don't believe science thing come come from are these all the what the fuck i don't even think it's that i just think it's it's you know people like white people when they feel oppression coming they think what they perceive as oppression coming they flip out and the rest of the world is like hey motherfuckers we've been getting oppressed for a long time and you didn't care about that but now that's affecting you it's a big problem i mean there are stupid motherfuckers that lived around that live around me that still there was an anti-vax protest on a local highway oh, we've had them where, here too man. i mean it's oh. it's insane like what why does this matter to you i don't understand why it's a big deal now you know i I just yeah go i was just gonna say i mean when when we have to go to elementary school you you get inoculations and vaccinations you you have to get those to go to school it's illegal not to go to school they they just said recently oh they're going to make it you know mandatory for all military personnel well guess what five million other vaccinations are also you know uh uh, mandatory for military personnel so i don't understand why this one is different i really don't get it i i don't i don't understand it and and i just think it's that people want to bitch about something and they think that oh this is my chance to to fucking you know tell the government that i don't like them and you know and it's like meanwhile these are the same motherfuckers who don't want you know don't want to tax rich people like what like why is this what is this i i i am flabbergasted 
Uh, and, mm-hmm. and this whole this whole scenario has kind of shattered my world image of the area that I live in to the point where I don't want to live here anymore because I fucking hate everybody because they're all idiots. So there you go. Mr. Andy. That is me. You're not allowed to drive a car unless you get a license. And, and that you have photographic ID that you have a license to drive a car. If you don't have one of those, you're not allowed to drive a car. It's absolutely illegal. And I'm impinging on your freedoms to do so. Fuck you. You son of a bitch. I, I'm going to protest on a local highway. Guess what? I want you all to have a license if you're driving cars. Yeah. Get your fire vaccines. Fuck. Motherfuck. Jesus. Fuck. Get it. Just do it. You wish you oh could get god. it, right? It's a, you know? it's a freaking... It's a, oh my god. I hate needles to the point where... I don't like the word needles. Just <laughs> I refer to it as the N word, right? I don't like them. I don't like all that kind of stuff. I've never seen outbreak, and I might never review it ever. That would We've be so far out of monkey. my room. I'll We've review got to find that monkey. Fuck you, man. I'll re- review the sound of music before I ever fucking do that fucking movie. Hey, I was in the Sound of Music, and uh, and in high school, and I played Franz the Butler, who rats out the family to the Nazis. So that was great. You're a douchebag. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Get this. Yeah, I just uh, I don't understand it, man. But you know what? Uh, the other thing that's that's going on right now in America is that football starts today. Um, and, uh, I fucking love football. I know that's like, I'm not, you know, it's like, uh, it's fine, man. cheesy it's shit or whatever, but man, I fucking love it. So I'm so fired up. Football starts at one today, but guess what? I have to work. So is your team any good or are they shit? What oh, is your no, team? They, no, no, they are not good. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are not a good team. They've uh, been to the Super Bowl one time and they lost miserably. Uh, but they lost to Joe Montana, who was like one of the best quarterbacks ever. So it's not that big. Yeah, a deal, but... I've heard of him. I don't know shit about your, your, that game. And uh, even I've heard of him, him and Madden and that Brady motherfucker who's still playing, even though he's like 50, yeah. like, motherfucker, yeah, wow. Bad. I just, I don't know. I wish people would fucking retire so other people can get a chance, but nope, that's not how it works. Uh, you know, so, but yeah, our team is not good. Uh, they are never good, but they have a young prospect as a quarterback, number one draft pick, Joe Burrow. He can throw the ball into the end zone and the points are going to get scored. So, dude, as soon know, as he plays good for like two seasons, another team's going to be like, look, I'll pay you triple what they're paying you right now to come over here. Okay. Well, that's not how it works in NFL. Um, NFL has a salary caps. They do. They have a salary cap. So that's which is awesome. But it uh, it doesn't mean that like, you know, it doesn't mean what you think it is as far as like, oh, that means every team's competitive and it's perfectly, you know, everything's perfectly fine that way. It's not the, the case because some places are more desirable to go to because they have championship pedigree or because of the location. A lot of people want to play in Florida because then they, they can get COVID and they don't pay uh, state tax. So there's a lot of like reasons why someone want to play somewhere. But, um, you know, usually it's because they want to fucking win and come to Cincinnati and do that for you. But there's hope. Yeah. 
you know, there's hope and there's always hope. And that's the thing is that every Cincinnati uh, uh, fucking sports fan, no matter what team it is, they have this mantra. And I, when I hear it, it makes it, it's kind of like hearing the word needles uh, when for you. And that is they'll say, well, you know, I mean, next year. Wait, wait, there's next year. Wait, next year, this is gonna happen next year, you know. And it's like fucking, you've been saying that your whole life, you stupid fuck. And so what I learned a long time ago is that uh, I should attach zero personal uh, happiness to sports because I have no control over them. And if I expect nothing out of my team, and I mean nothing, I expect them to get zero yards. I expect them to get zero points and not win any games and so when they win one i'm happy and when they lose i'm like oh okay you know you could go for any team you want though right mm, that's not exactly how it works um but yes if you think I, your I, area if, if you think the area in which you live sucks major donkey balls yeah then you can like go like what area doesn't suck that much donkey balls i'm going for their team well i did that once um in about 2005 or 2003-ish, 4-ish, I don't know. The Bengals had sucked so bad, and they hadn't – I haven't watched them for so long. And they, uh, there was a team that I really liked, a buddy of mine liked them. It was New York Giants, and I know they don't need any fans. Uh, it's kind of like rooting for the Patriots. But they had Peyton Manning's brother, Eli Manning, who's way better than Peyton. And I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you know, uh, I like Eli Manning better. I think he's a much more entertaining quarterback to watch. And uh, he has fucking grit and balls that Peyton Manning never had. But uh, anyway, so um, Eli Manning and the Giants uh, won two Super Bowls while I was uh, watching every single one of their games. And they beat the Patriots in both Super Bowls. And it was like the greatest thing of all time. So I have had happiness when it comes to sports because I still like the Giants. They're kind of trash now, but I still like them. It's just... You know, the Bengals are the home team and you should root for the home team. That's just the way it's supposed to work, because yeah, Luke, I, I agree with that. I don't know if you're familiar with this term. Are you familiar with the term fair weather fan? Have you ever heard of that term? No, I have not. So it means and, and it describes Cincinnati fans. And if you're a Cincinnati fan, this, this is you. I don't care what you say. This is me. I am a fair weather fan. They only like the team when they're winning. So when, oh, you know, when you jump on the bandwagon, you got it. When, when it's a down season, no one's in the stands, you know, but when the team's winning, oh, I've been a Bengals fan my whole life. I sure have, you know, and uh, some teams don't have fair weather fans. For example, the Cleveland Browns or the Denver Broncos, their stadium is packed Browns. every game, no matter what. And even though they suck, they still will pack it out every time. So, Cincinnati fans are kind of bullshit, and Cincinnati sports is bullshit too. So there you go. With the, all right, so there's kind of three major codes in Australia in terms of sport that Aussies usually give a shit about. It's cricket, and I, I'm not going to bore you with cricket because I don't give a fuck about cricket. Dude, imagine if baseball took five days. I, I've we, said that we talked about that on yeah, the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other one is uh, Aussie rules, which is what ev- a lot of people um, like I've like heard about. Rules. It's a pretty cool game. And then the third one is rugby rugby league. Uh, you've probably heard of rugby before. It's I like uh, it's like NFL, but they don't wear pads, and you're not allowed to pass forwards. You're only allowed to pass backwards. So uh, that's rugby. Now, my AFL team is the Essendon Bombers. And for a time, 
I fucking swore off the Everson Bombers because they were involved in a doping scandal. And it's so stupid because they weren't even doing even better as a team at the time. They were still doing the same as they fucking were. <laughs> Yet they were in a fucking drug scandal. And rather than take it on the chin and admit they fucked up and move on, they kept fucking fighting it, even though everyone, including, like, my mom, who who was a staunch, like, Essence supporter, was like, oh, come on, dude. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back for a different team. But I couldn't back uh, support a team that was from my own state because – I fucking hated them all. So I went to South Australian team Port uh, uh, Port Power, and uh, they're, they're okay. And that that lasted for a little while. And my my team, the Essendon Bombers, they're they're so so now. They've they've won quite a few grand finals in their time. One of them was '93, which was a really awesome game. But yeah, uh, Essendon have been shit for a while. And the drug scandal hasn't helped them a bit and hasn't helped me supporting them at all. But in terms of rugby, oh, dude, my team, the Melbourne Storm, is the team that pisses off all the other rugby fucking fans because <laughs> in Australia, the, uh, there's Queensland at the top, and then there's uh, this is on the East Coast. You got the Queensland at the top, then you got New South Wales, then you got Victoria. Well, I mean Victoria. Uh, rugby's rugby league's considered a Queensland slash uh, New South Wales game, so they weren't a fucking fan when Melbourne got a team. They certainly weren't a fan where when in our second year of existence, uh, 1999 or 98, we won our first grand final by pure fluke. Pure fluke. Our team was not that great, but we managed to get into the grand final, and it was like some underdog thing. By halftime, the other team was like a big score, and we were zero, and we fucking won that game, right? So that was a fluke. In our second year of existence, we won a grand final. But they they fucking they hate the Melbourne Storm because for some reason, I don't know, man, like Melbourne uh, – like, Who's on top of the ladder this year in the rugby? Oh, when I lose track of it. Oh, it's Melbourne Storm. It's always Melbourne Storm. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, the, the top team almost every year before the finals is the Melbourne Storm. So, yeah. You know. The evil the, empire, you know. Yeah. The evil empire is great. That's, that's a great team to root for, you know. It's like, it's like the team no one ever wants to win. <laughs> Has won more grand finals in its in in its existence than most other teams in and you know in that same span of time. It's fucking crazy, but yeah, I like rugby. It's it's, it's, it's awesome. It's rough as guts, man. It's like all right, you got one brick wall and you got another brick wall. Which brick wall stronger? Fight. Yeah. That's the fucking game, man. It's, it's I, I uh, man, they used to show Australian leagues football. Excuse me, late at night on like local TV here for some reason. I used to yeah. always watch it. I loved it, and I've watched rugby many times, and I really enjoy it. I like the fact that they tackle properly, and they don't even need a helmet. And it's like, hey, hey, football players in America, you could like all not die and get CTE if you just tackle properly. Um, but they don't want to yeah. do that, you know. They want to they want to make that that sound, you know, that that happens when a guy gets tackled. Now, uh, to bring this back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. You do a tackle that um, 
could injure the neck or head of, of uh, another football player. Or yourself, yeah. yeah. You're going yeah. on report and you'll miss games or you might even be fucking banned like for life, man. They don't they take that shit seriously, yeah. They but yeah, it's funny. The stereotype I hear for for NFL is they're all injured out the ass, like head injuries. You know how w, no wrestling I had a lot of that and then they kind of stopped, but NFL kept going. I don't feel like it's like that for for rugby at all, even though I think rugby is a rougher game, if that makes I, sense. I, well, maybe maybe I'm, your concussion scandal pulling... hasn't happened yet, so. Yeah, that's true. That's it is true too. Well, to bring this back to wrestling, yep. MJF said something on the mic that I did hear. And he said that uh, Cincinnati Reds and the Cincinnati sports team suck. And the last time that uh, any team won a championship here, other than like the minor league teams, it was uh, the Reds in 1990. And he's right. And that was supposed to be a dig. And he's right. That's fucking 31 years ago. Uh, However, the Reds that year, the Cincinnati Reds baseball team, they won. They were in the first place from the beginning of the season all the way to the end. It's called the wire-to-wire season. And then they swept the Oakland A's in the World Series. I was running around the street with a fucking broom. I was so happy and because I was 10 years old that year. And uh, that was one of my greatest moments as a kid, just like the fucking Reds won the World Series. And and here was on that who, – who was on the Oakland A's team? People you've heard of. Uh, Jose Canseco, you've heard of yeah. him, right? Yeah. And Mark McGuire, the Bash brothers yeah. were on that team. They were the most like offensive team of all time in baseball. And the Reds fucking swept them. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Two things about MJF. Uh, uh, one, uh, I love him. He's awesome. But he can he can do all the kinds of heel heat. He can do the pandering heel heat. Your team sucks. Sure. And he can actually make you fucking hate his guts too. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's he's good like that, man. Yeah, it maybe we haven't had our own concussion scandal, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like the captain of the Melbourne Storm. He he re, he retired last year, and he was like 39. So that's kind of that's an outlier age. Maybe there is a concussion scandal because mm. not many people play sports, legit sports, into their late 30s, do they? Team sports, anyway. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. You never know. I mean, like, you know, it's it's just, you know, when you tackle someone, you're supposed to keep your head up. And and that's so that you don't break your neck and you don't go into someone's skull with your fucking helmet, you know. And so because they don't wear helmets in Melbourne or, you know, in in, uh, rugby, they have to tackle with their heads up because otherwise you die. You know what I mean? So, like. I, yeah. everyone in, in, in America is like, well, how are we going to fix the concussion? Well, they've all forgotten about it at this point, but most people are like, oh, well, what kind of helmet we should change the helmet and you know, it should be harder and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, why don't you make a soft helmet? The fuck's wrong with you? But it's because a soft helmet wouldn't make a cool noise. So that's the reason why they don't Trust. make a soft helmet. Cause Special you would think effects. that would be the way to do it. Right. I mean, stupid but it is pretty cool when you see a guy fucking you know thinks he thinks he's made a cut he's going down the field he's got a little open and here comes some defender flying in and just crushes the dude i mean that is that is fantastic (laughs) that's great in rugby as well you like you think oh my god this guy's gonna run the whole field and score a try crunch (laughs) Uh, no i'm joking but yeah what's 
rugby is superior to, to American football too, because they don't stop. They stop for a second to reset the ball and then they're, they're going again. You know what I mean? So like, and it's kind of up to the, the players to reset the ball. It seems like, whereas in football, it's like a big, you play for 11 seconds and then you stand around and then the, the ref sets the ball and then they look at it and then they call play and then they do it. And then they play for another 11 seconds. If, if football had less time in between plays, it'd be much more exciting in my opinion. Yeah, I've heard that before. It, it sounds like kind of a circle jerk. <laughs> it's a, a type of circle, circle jerk, sure. So. All right, Luke, what else we got going on here? <laughs> I saw my bolt. I heard your – all right, so, all right, just to finish up on, I, I think rather than be a non-existent viewer – it would be safe to say that you'll be at least a casual viewer of AEW in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll watch stuff. If it, you know, if there's something going on that I want to see, I'll watch it, you know, and if there's not, then I won't. So <laughs> here we are. Dude, that is even more of a AEW fandom than you had a few months ago where you were just yeah. like, yeah, thank you. So, Look, you know, I gave them money. I gave them money. You did. So you have I have as well. I bought. I have bought all their pay per views, and I, I swear to God, like that latest one was just. A, it was magical. Like you might watch it now, and if you're thinking in terms of sort of like strictly match quality, you're probably not going to get that. You know, like like a Wrestle Kingdom or a G1 kind of thing. But it had that right mix of good matches and magical moments as well, dude. Yeah. I I know a lot of people beat on them, and I'm going to beat on them again just to finish up here because they're evil. But here's how evil they are. Andy, who's your favorite wrestler? Is it Daniel Bryan? Who's, yeah. who's, a, who's a wrestler that they had no plans for and they didn't want to get over and they had to actually push because they fucking were forced to? Daniel Bryan? WWE, yeah. man, like... Yeah. I've watched pay-per-views for years for WWE and I'll watch the pay-per-view and be like, man, that match was great. Shit finish. Man, that match was great. Shit finish. Man, that match was great. Shit finish. And that's like four or five matches in a row on a pay-per-view and I might get one finish that I actually like. Wrestling pay-per-views should not make you feel at the end of it like, man, the wrestling was good. And I like the competitors in the, in the, those, those matches, but man, those finishes suck. Yeah, they don't they do blow offs. They don't do blow off matches either. Like they just don't do them. It's like you know what? what is this? Like you blow off matches are the end of a feud. They don't end feuds. They just keep going forever. You know what, <laughs> dude? I watched that pay per view and it was just. I felt good, even though we had QT Marshall versus Paul White. <laughs> yeah, people were like, this is the greatest pay-per-view of all time. And I'm like, wait a second, like, let's get that match Dude, on it. That's, come on. No, I loved it. <laughs> you know why I loved it? Because it was so short. Yeah. And it was it was in between important matches. You needed a breather. It was in the demon spot. Yeah, they it put it was. in the demon spot. <laughs> I, I, Dude. So I kind of 
it didn't sully my opinion of the pay-per-view because it was so short. Whereas I feel like the WWE will make the diva spot fucking agonizingly long if they needed to for fucking some reason. Dude, pay-per-views, because you spend your fucking hard-earned money on it, they're supposed to make you feel good. Wrestling shows, wrestling shows in general, and we have this a lot in New Japan, even though we have mixed feelings sometimes. Wrestling shows are supposed to make you feel good and make you want to watch it next time. You watch TV shows every week, everyone. Dude, take it episode by episode basis. Like, is this episode, is this TV show good enough to watch the second one or the third one or the fourth? If yes, keep watching it. If it if it doesn't make you feel good, even though it's wrestling which you love, man, that's what the, I don't know, man. I, I've had so much, so many unsatisfactory times watching that fucking product, dude. And that's even before yeah. learning they were evil. That I was just like, why? And it's because, dude, they literally bully and troll people. This probably like you're seeing it right now with this carrying cross, dude. No one wants to see him look like the fucking giant humongous from Road Mad Max 2, the fucking Road Warrior. Does anyone want to see him like be like the Lord Humongous? No. Little kids. Little kids they, want to see that. They wanted fucking Adam Cole to be a manager type role when he was on the main show. Like, yeah, I'm fucking jumping shit, motherfucker. Like, what? I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of see him as evil. And. <laughs> I literally pay people to watch that shit for me. I don't know, man. It's like fucking, yeah. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not needs, gonna watch that. Yeah, it needs wrestling should make you feel good. It doesn't make matter, matter if it makes you feel well, good on a casual level or on a personal emotional level. It should just make you be happy and excited yeah. for wrestling. Well, I yes, but it should also give you a range of emotions and you know not just one emotion. So of like the, the the problem with WWE is they're like, well, as long as the crowd feels something, then we're doing our job. And that's not actually their job. Their job is to make the, you know, tell stories that elicit emotional reactions of various kinds. Um otherwise, every story is the same, isn't it? And the only the only emotion you're eliciting out of people is anger and it's the wrong kind of anger. You know what I mean? They they basically just have go away heat with everybody. And so they've because that's what it's all about, brothers, getting heat, brother, brother, brother. And it's not all about that. You know, it's a it's about eliciting many emotions from people which is why we love new japan and yep. why we love you know matches like taichi versus ibushi that made me feel many different emotions you know and one of those emotions is an emotion that i can't describe and that's the i love wrestling emotion yeah. you know the, you know what i mean the one that's like oh this is well, this is how this stuff's supposed to make you feel you know and so that's uh you know, that's an emotion that, that New Japan gives me almost every time I watch it. And when it doesn't, I'll let you know. So <laughs> Daniel Bryan actually gay is responsible for the grumpy nickname. Did you know this? No. I I liked Daniel Bryan. My look, I and I liked him because WWE didn't want to push him, which made me like him even more. Plus, he was awesome in the ring, by the way. But 18 seconds against Sheamus. Yeah. I rode into a smart wrestling fan. I was like, I'm really mad and grumpy about this. And they're like, you're grumpy too. We'll let you boogaloo. Okay. 
Dude, nice. there is a wrestler that came number two in the PWI thing. I don't give, I don't put any stock in that. I don't, I really don't give a fuck. But he's number two. It's Roman Reigns, and people could give me legit 100% reasonable reasons why he earned that, and he's awesome. I fucking hate that guy. Not as a person, but as a wrestler, I have absolutely zero interest. I want to see him lose every single time and get his absolute ass kicked until he's a bloody mess all the time, every time. I don't like him. I fucking hate Roman Reigns. And that's because I felt like I was shoving him down my throat for years. And it took, and by the time they changed him and did stuff with him, I was just like, well, I'm not watching your product anymore. And it's, it's too late. So I will never, there's, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think uh, he's in 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 New Japan terms, Sonata is my go-to. But in the general wrestling spectrum, Roman Reigns is my go-to. Well, for me, Goto is my go-to. He's my go-to. So, uh, yeah, and, uh, he can go to hell, and uh, <laughs> that's how I roll. But. Uh, well, what else, Luke? Anything else we need to, to talk about here? I mean, any any never subjects that uh, that you'd like to uh, discuss still? No, I, I think hey. I, shut my, I just this will leave everybody on a Luke Luke Zubchenko's just shit on Roman Reigns for no reason, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much unsolicited, just like. It was, I don't know where, but that's okay. I understand. Oh, that's what this show is for. It's because we were talking about Daniel Bryan, and I always felt like he got over in that company, despite them not wanting to to be as over as he was. Yeah. So, uh, and then it, then I just it always makes me think of the flip side of that, which is Roman Reigns. So. They, <laughs> But I watched um, I watched this morning. I watched a clip of uh, Brock Lesnar like and Paul Heyman and and, uh, Roman Reigns in the ring together from Smackdown. And I just it just I was just pooping and I wanted to watch something. And I put that on my phone and uh, the crowd, they're still pumping in crowd noise. And it's weird sounding like the crowd still sounds kind of like the the way it did with the fake noise in, in the, you know, during pandemic and all that stuff. And it sounds mm. super weird. And it's there at Madison square garden. And like, they're pumping in, like the crowd sounds bizarre. And it's like, this is not quite right. What so, do they do when they go to Chicago? Uh, mute the crowd and just put their own. I mean, if you hear, you know, you've heard it many times, Roman Reign comes out and the crowd's like, ow, ow. Like that yeah. means they're muting it and pumping in shit that they want to put in. So they're still doing that. And I know wrestling's a work and you can do whatever you want, but that is fucked. And like, that's the difference between someone like, you know, D- Daniel Bryan and WWE who got over organically and how strong and powerful mm-hmm. that is versus someone that they, it took them 10 fucking years almost to get over as a wrestler when you shove them down people's throats. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, if you, you know, for example, we talked about AEW in at the very top of the show about how this whole Suzuki thing was a faux pas, whatever. Uh, but now they've turned that into a story instead of just ignoring it. And then you told me, yeah, WWE would just ignore it or they, you know, shit on the fans for even talking about something like that, yeah. or whatever. And so 
that's the difference, you know, but that's what happens when you're the top dog and you can, you know, you run the yard or whatever. And so, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want. I mean, we've all had those bosses that suck and think they can just do whatever they want and they usually get away with it. And that's just the way it works. So, you know, I just, uh, I don't care about WWE. I pay no attention to them, but I just wanted to see that because I was actually interested in what the crowd reaction to Brock Lesnar would be because now there's crowds and things are interesting again, but it took me two seconds to realize, Oh, I can't tell what the crowd reaction was to this. So what the fuck is the point of watching this? So that's uh, probably the last WWE thing I will watch for a very, very, very long time. And it was only a few seconds, but uh, yeah, they suck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't suck. Us. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah, everyone in India knows that. <laughs> hey, it's our biggest fandom, man. I've got to pimp him out. Like, respect. Like, awesome. But, you know, bread. Bread doesn't suck. So we in bread, we trust. Truck stop bathroom attendant. Was it any any good, or were you like, oh, I am doing the hip banana, the hopping, and the rapping, and the 